Good day, everyone. It is October 4th. Uh, Pete Hofstra here with an update. An interesting September. Certainly some volatility uh, came back into the market. We can tell you what it's not because of. It was not because of the Canadian federal election. I think as we suggested last month, uh, independent of the election outcome, the election tends to not be a market-moving event. And here we had an election that was a non-event politically uh, in terms of the outcome. So that certainly not was not what was causing market volatility. It is the concern uh, that rates are going to move higher. And that concern is very real. Right? Keep in mind that as interest rates have gone to zero, it's pushed up all other asset classes. So you think of bonds, uh, real estate, and of course stocks have all gone higher. So if rates start to reverse and go up again, then all those assets should come down. Right? And so that's the sort of broader concern uh, that's in the market. And to really you know, maybe make some additional linkages in there, the Goldilocks scenario that certainly central banks and government want is they want inflation, but then they want to hold rates low. And that's what you see them signaling. And the reason is that higher inflation reduces debt burden. And imagine your, your wage is increasing, but the principal in your mortgage doesn't increase with it. So you want inflation, reduces debt burden, um, but you don't want to increase your interest rates because obviously higher interest rates means higher cost of carrying debt. And so the ideal scenario is we can reduce the debt burden dramatically with inflation before we consider raising rates. And that's kind of the signaling you're seeing from central banks. They're going to be very patient with rates and let inflation run hot. So the concern would be, um, do they lose control of inflation? And so when you see some of these recent spikes, it looks like they might lose control of inflation and be forced to raise rates higher before the debt burden is reduced and therefore cause a crippling of the economy. And that's kind of what we have to keep an eye on quite closely. Our default view is that um, they're going to be able to keep rates low, that they're going to view a lot of what's happening as temporal, and it likely is. Now we can define what is temporary. Is it a couple of years, a couple of months? And it may be a couple of years before some of these uh, inflationary effects uh, are being solved. When you think of supply chain, uh, again, we can make semiconductors. It's just, you know, can we take the time to make the investments to build the factories? How long does that take to get those components back to the market? Similar with energy. We've seen energy spike. We have lots of fossil fuels. It's just, is someone willing to spend the money, put the capital to work to get that stuff to market? Again, very solvable. So prices should solve that. And wages, you know, it's watching whether um, the, as the unemployment benefits roll off, whether people start looking for work again. And it seems that is the case. And certainly you look around the U.S. and states where those benefits have rolled off. People do, they can get Uber drivers. They can get people to work in the service industry. And again, in some inflation and wages, pick at the lower end, would be a great thing in terms of broader spending and support for the economy, reducing dichotomy, um, you know, maybe reducing the, the uh, ability of populism to win elections. So, you know, there's inflation isn't inherently bad. It's a level of inflation that we need to be concerned about. So at this point, we do think about ways we could reposition if that inflation, runaway inflation became the scare, but we're not broadly repositioning for that right now. So, so that's the piece we wanted to share with you. It doesn't mean there isn't opportunities within these supply chain disruptions. I mean, people are going to have to spend money to solve some of these problems on the semiconductor side, uh, on the energy side, and there's going to be beneficiaries of that spent. And so certainly we're looking at those individual opportunities. We also take comfort in the fact that a high quality company, as you know, we often look for, implies they have pricing power, right? They can sustain their high returns. And that's also a pretty good inflation hedge. Doesn't mean you're immune to a market dislocation. Again, if rates, interest rates were to go up, the whole market likely goes down. So you're not immune, but you're in a better spot if you're in good companies that have that pricing power. 
Uh, so certainly that becomes the core of the portfolio. So a fair bit on inflation there, but that was the big influence in September. It wanted to be clear on how we're positioning now, but certainly always keeping an eye on these things. And inflation concern is one to be, you know, to watch closely. Um, that can certainly influence the broader market. But again, you know, go back to pre-COVID, we had very low uh, unemployment and no inflation. So it's a harder thing to create this last little while than it has been in sort of any prior decades. Uh, so that's the dimensions we're working through. You know, I think COVID continues to come down. So death rates were down in the U.S. There's some oddities in the data in terms of two-month cycle within, in, within the virus. Uh, but I think directionally, we're okay. The reopening will continue be at a, a modest pace. Um, with kids back in schools that will continue to see data on, on how uh, that becomes a spreader event and whether the vaccination should be available to younger kids. But, you know, broadly travel is picking up sort of globally. Uh, and so that sort of uh, reopening continues to progress. So lots of interesting opportunities out there, but hopefully gives you a sense on the broader positioning as well. Anyway, longer one today. Uh, hope it was useful. Uh, enjoy Thanksgiving next weekend and we will connect with you next month. This podcast is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal, legal, accounting, tax, or investment advice, or construed as an endorsement or recommendation of any entity or security discussed. Investors should seek the advice of professionals prior to implementing any changes to their investment. Certain statements in this podcast are forward-looking that are predictive in nature, depend upon, or refer to future events or conditions. Forward-looking statements are subject to risks, uncertainties, and assumptions that could cause actual results to differ materially from those set forth. Although the forward-looking statements contained herein are based upon what CI Global Asset Management and the Portfolio Manager believe to be reasonable assumptions, neither CI Global Asset Management nor the Portfolio Manager can assure that actual results will be consistent with these forward-looking statements. Certain statements contained in this podcast are based in whole or in part on information provided by third parties, and CI Global Asset Management has taken reasonable steps to ensure their accuracy. Market conditions may change, which may impact the information contained in this podcast. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the prospectus before investing. The indicated rates of return are the historical annual compounded total returns, net of fees and expenses, payable by the fund, including changes in security value and reinvestment of all dividends or distributions, and do not take into account sales, redemption, distribution, or optional charges or income taxes payable by any security holder that would have reduced returns. Mutual funds are not guaranteed, their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated.